Stay on top of all meaningful top trending stories right here on SAFM. Leading the conversation. Well, as we celebrate Youth Month, the Judicial Inspectorate Correctional Services uh, says that many young people charged with violent crimes are incarcerated in government facilities. The numbers show an increase which has raised a huge concern which points to social problems in our society. Garabo Oza is the director at the Centre for Child Law at the University of Pretoria. Garabo, good morning to you and thanks for your time this morning. Thank you. Morning, Cathy. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about the issue of our juvenile facilities and what the context where these facilities are concerned is right now and the incarceration rates of young people there. Okay, Cathy, maybe I need to uh, start by explaining that. um, So the um, the inspecting judge of prisons, uh, when he does his work and he's talking about um, children and juveniles. He's talking about people who are 14 and above because mm. our law makes it very clear that a child who commits an offense who's under 14, even if they do end up being sentenced, they go to what we call secure care centers that fall under Department of Social Development. Um, obviously, they're the main aim being rehabilitation and trying to make sure that by the time the child turns 18 and they uh, get released, uh, they have been rehabilitated. Um, I mean, those facilities um, are also not without problems. Um, and then we have the, the correctional services uh, facilities that mm. uh, fall under the, uh, the, the um, Judge Cameron's mandate, uh, which is the ones where he is now issued a report. So those are then governed under the Correctional Services Act and are provisions in relation to um, the standards that must be adhered to. One of the main things being that even if um, uh, there are uh, um, facilities that are big, you separate adults from children or people who are under 18 uh, and make sure that they have different facilities, obviously, to allow them not to mix uh, 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 and also to try and focus on rehabilitating the, the, the children or the young people. Um, but as you say from his report, what's very clear is the fact that there's quite a lot that's lacking um, insofar as particularly the rehabilitative mandate or the rehabilitative aspect mm-hmm. or that these facilities are supposed to actually uh, be focusing on. So the big question is if you're saying um, you know, a child has committed an offense, you put them in that facility to try and make sure that when they come out they don't uh, re-offend. Um, do they really um, get that rehabilitation and um, I, I doubt that they do. Um, in my work that we do, we've also at times visited prisons um, where the uh, young um, uh, people were um, and people who had committed offences when they were children and they've now become adults and we're doing a project. And one could clearly see that um, not much was being invested uh, in, in, in relation to rehabilitation. Mm. Of course, this means that the time that they are spending behind bars is not necessarily spent um, productively because, you know, if we're talking about kids from the age of, of 14, these are still uh, young people who should be in high school who still have the opportunity of once they come out of th- these centers to still be able to pursue a higher education and and contribute differently to society. Yes, I saw even when I read um, the report, because I, I managed to pull out the report, the full report of the Inspecting Judge of Prisons, he actually mentioned some of the challenges in relation to education, that there are some facilities where there are no teachers appointed. So if there are no teachers, then there won't be any learning. 
uh, that's going to happen for those children in those facilities. Um, and, and that's why, so, you know, I told you about the model where the younger children go to the secure care centers under social development, which are not perfect, but they, uh, you know, there's also, again, a mandate for education that is, uh, has to be complied with. Um, and we find that even there it struggles um, in, in so far as uh, getting children an education. And one of the other uh, very concerning thing is that you would have seen in his report that there's quite a lot of ch- uh, uh, juveniles, as he described them, let's use the terminology, who are awaiting trial. And they wait for quite some time. And during that time that they're waiting trial, obviously then they won't have any access to any education, uh, which is something that has actually been a cause for concern for some time, that if you actually um, keeping um, juveniles uh, in detention for some time while they're awaiting trial and not being sentenced yet, you need to actually be intensive in relation to giving them the services because some of them may end up not even being uh, convicted and sentenced to to imprisonment. Um, so there is a problem in relation to also the, the awaiting trial and what happens while they are awaiting trial. What services uh, are they getting? You know, are they getting any access to education? Which uh, from my recollection, it was said that it, it they can't because they don't know how long they'll be awaiting trial. So how do they start coming up with programs to now uh, give them an education during that time? Garabo, one of the things that um, the Judicial Inspectorate for Correctional Services also does is, uh, you know, create a framework for which it believes, or not really create, but set out um, the the framework for which it, it believes can be more helpful in terms of true rehabilitation for 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 these juveniles and they're talking about rehabilitation that's also coupled with with restorative justice and that requires a lot of work and bringing together different stakeholders yes so the component of restorative justice, particularly for young offenders, is, is a very important one because um, it's that process where even if they do spend time in, 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 in facilities, you try and, and do work to make sure that when they get released, um, they can go back into their community. There's been a way of engaging with whoever they did wrong um, in a way that um, you know will allow them to be able to go back into that community and, 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 and thrive. And I think um, that sometimes gets, gets lost. Um, obviously, also when people have committed serious crimes, the, whoever they've offended against may not be readily willing to go into that process of rehabilitate, uh, of restorative justice. Um, but a, a lot of work can be done to invest in that. I know that there are organizations that um, are NGOs um, that, that do quite a lot of work on that. And um, just to give you an example, Katie, I, when I started here at the center, we got involved in a case where there were two young guys, uh, brothers who had been you worked with an adult or committed an, uh, an offense with an adult, um, and they, 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 the social worker who was helping them in, in, in prison uh, facilitated that process of restorative justice with the family of the person that they had offended against and all that. And when they got released, they were able to go back into that community mm-hmm. where they grew up because there was quite an investment in that. And I think we need a, a system where there is an investment in that, not just by luck because there's one social worker in prison who cares a lot to, who facilitates that, but there's a lot that needs to be done to make that part of the system and an intensive part of the system, particularly for the young offenders, because most of the time, unless if they've committed the, the most uh, serious and heinous crimes, will they be there for up to 25 years? But if not, they're there for a time where you're supposed to then, you know, as I say, educate them, rehabilitate them, and then as you mentioned, to do that restorative justice process so that they can go back to where they grew up 
um, in that community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also, I think that process is also important for them to, you know, obviously when you get sentenced, you, it's your punishment, you, you, you sit in, in, in the prison. But um, when you have to also own up to the people that you've done wrong, that also is an important element to actually for them to, to go through it and admit that apart from the law dealing with me, actually I wronged another human being. Mm-hmm. And that is the restorative part of it that allows them to then be able to be reintegrated into the society. What are the challenges that um, social workers, if they're the ones spearheading the process, face when they're reaching out to community members or even to victims of the crime that uh, or the crimes that have been committed uh, by these juveniles? Well, unfortunately, I can't speak for for mm. all of them. But I mean, in this case, obviously, what that that we were involved in initially, it was difficult for the family to allow the social worker to engage with them. There's also an issue of resources. You know, we only have so many social workers, and I think even in prison, we have less social workers than in in the community. So, social workers that work with under correctional services, um, you know, uh, they're not enough of them. Um, so you need enough social workers in there to be working on the cases and to be able to do that work. So I think resources is a big issue. And then um, obviously, as I say, you know, being able to reach out to families also depends a lot in, on the issue of um, what kind of offenses and how willing are the families to to open up to the to the process of, of going through restorative justice with, with, with uh, somebody who's offended against them. In a country like ours where the crime rates are as high as they are and, uh, you know, we see even cases of vigilantism take place, there seems to be, you know, just this, this, I, this overall idea of stigmatizing criminals um, and not really being willing to give those who have committed crimes, at least previously, uh, a second chance. And, and one can understand where people are coming from, especially those that have directly been victims of crime, that have lost loved ones due to uh, d- different crimes that, that, that have, have taken place. How can people begin to change their thinking where young people who've committed crimes are concerned, where juveniles are, are concerned. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's a very difficult thing, but I, I think even um, the, the, the report of the of Cheeks touches on this. One of the big issues is, um, you know, uh, the context that we in. So obviously one can never justify a crime as, as a, a, a against people, but um, a lot of young people are feeling despondent. They come from families that are troubled. Um, and for me, when I look at these issues, I always think about the the fact that we failed in preventative mechanisms. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time a child offends, it means um, the the work that's supposed to be done by social workers from social development and communities to help prevent uh, young people from resorting to crime have failed. So I think uh, one of the things that needs to be done is that there needs to be an investment in in understanding the context that we live in, and to also to do preventative work, not only aimed at um, you know and making communities understand that you know uh, because children have offended, they're not that bad and they should be given a, a second chance. But I don't think we also do enough to educate young people and children about um, the consequences of offences and what it means for their life long term. How even when they come out of prisons, they would still sit with criminal records mm-hmm. and not be able to to work and all those things so i believe that you just generally we 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 always um at the end of the you know of the of the extreme where we we are reacting 
um, and we're not investing enough in actually, uh, despite the current difficult circumstances we, we, we face, this is where we're actually supposed to be more intensive in trying to ensure that we help our young people to not resort to crime, um, which we, we've seen, as you said, the numbers are going up already because of the socioeconomic circumstances or whatever challenges that we face in, in, in our society. Um, so we, we need to do that. And I also need we need to also remind people that, you know, the, the reason why the law um, it, it provides for, for this rehabilitative and restorative kind of approach when it comes to uh, child offenders and children who commit offenses is precisely to try and say, well, they were young, they didn't know quite much, and mm-hmm. uh, we're giving them a chance to uh, better themselves and to come back to society. But that means that, and this is what the, this report in the end really uh, highlights, is that what happens when you put a child offender in, in the system is very important. We should not warehouse them and let them come out at the end of the five years, the six years, not having gone through any kind of rehabilitation because then we are not doing them a favor, we're not doing society a favor. So there needs to be a lot of money and time uh, and resources that are invested in really doing the work that rehabilitation requires. Are there different ways that we as society can be reaching out to young people, uh, especially where it, it be, where it concerns the preventative steps that you have spoken about? Because I imagine that that is something that we can play a, a broader role in uh, and not necessarily just wait on government to come and do uh, at least some formal type of outreaches in our communities, etc., Yes, I mean, I think every every one of us uh, who who has knowledge must try and share it with the young people. Um, you know, we can do it even in our small circles, in our bigger circles. We can reach out to schools. One of the things, and I mean, that's not related to what we're talking about, just a quick thing is that, you know, now we have the new laws in relation to regulating the cyberspaces and all those things. A lot of those laws affect young people. Uh, we recently have seen a lot of young people getting uh, in trouble for sending their own selfies where they don't have clothes on Mm -hmm. and when you talk to them you realize that they don't know that actually it's a crime they don't know that sharing that to a friend or boyfriend is actually an offense and you realize how we adults are the the you know the the gatekeepers of information and we're not sharing it enough with the young people by the time we go to them they're already in trouble in school they're already in trouble in society so all of us um actually can do that in our small way every day um, uh, to try and, 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 and educate people that, you know, actually, you know that if you take this packet of chips from the shop, you think that it's a small thing. It's actually you stealing mm-hmm. and it's, it's theft and you can actually go and get into trouble uh, for it. Uh, and I don't think we talk about that. We always react when the children are already in trouble. Mm. Are we yeah. seeing, what are we seeing in terms of, of, of the numbers of of of, of young, ch- of children rather, in South Africa that are being incarcerated? Um, so, Kathy, the stats that are published by Jigs are the stats that relate to children who've committed serious offences. And I think he's given the stats, and he breaks it down. You'll see, uh, even when he categorises what he calls, the group that he calls children specifically, who've committed serious offences, who are under the correctional services um, uh, facilities, are, are not such a 
great number. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's not a large number. I don't think it's even up to 300. But um, they, uh, I told you about the other children who commit other offenses that are not serious, but mm-hmm. are still offenses, um, and who go to the secure care centers under social development. There we have a challenge that we don't really have the, enough uh, information and statistics. And those children are also children that we need to pay attention to because if they if actually the mandate for rehabilitation is even greater because they, they're much younger children um, who have not committed the most um, serious offenses and their opportunity to have rehabilitate them is much um, you know greater but uh, social development we uh, we actually last week we were doing some project trying to research we couldn't find the statistics of how many children are in these secure care centers um, in the country and and that is a problem Karabo Oza, let me thank you so much for your time today. She is the director at the Centre for Child Law at the University of Pretoria. It's 10.30. Luanda Maume is standing by with your latest headlines.